What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted. At the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end Battle in. Something picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Salty Dogs podcast. I am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. We are. And this will be our last official one of the 2021 season. Yeah, not only, uh, yeah, yeah, it's another reason to be a little sad today. We were hoping we would be talking about the upcoming Super Bowl at this point. Yep, but we're not. No. Nope. But we, I'm going to talk We already about, covered that ground last yeah, year. Yeah, we did. We talked that, We talked about that uh, last week. The um, recovery process. Yeah, yeah. And just want to say, hey, thanks, Beefo Brady. So let me get this uh, in before we get moving along because we have a lot to talk about today. Wings and beer, beer and wings, nobody combines them like Beefo Brady's. You can start with the award-winning traditional or boneless wings in a variety of sauces and dry rubs. Next, pick your brew. Beef has all your faves on tap. Beefo Brady's, where game time meets beer and wing time all the time. You get ready for the big game with Beefo Brady's. That would work out just fine. All righty. All we right. Got that yes, done. Like you said, thanks all season for the sponsorship. Yes, we appreciate that. All right, Jeff. Wow. We are going to use this last one. Okay. To, to uh, I guess you'd say awards, hand out awards. Uh, yeah. Uh, pick pick our winners in a variety of categories, but obviously we have to talk about a few things first. Oh, uh, well. I think we could. What possibly could have happened on Tuesday, February 1st, 2022? <laughs> so it was like 11 in the morning or whatever when we finally, you know, we, I mean, we did it a little bit after Tom himself did it, but yeah. put out our stories and our material about Tom Brady retiring. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I just posted a story about the greatest player of all time retiring. I think that's a that's a full work day, right? I can I go, thought I can go it, home at this point. Right? I thought it was. <laughs> it was a good article, by the way. Oh, good nice stuff. Thing. I read it. and uh, um, There's only so many ways to say that Tom Brady was the greatest and now he's done. Is it me or has the last two seasons been somewhat surreal? Feels like one long season, too. Yeah. Like it just never ends. And, and in, in a good way. I was saying that with Casey this morning, or, or a little earlier this afternoon, because we were talking about how, what are the Bucks going to do next at quarterback. Yeah. And it, it could be, uh, Bruce Arians said he was comfortable with the in-house options, which could mean Kyle Trask, could mean Blaine Gabbert. Um, but he said they will be doing their homework because they always want to know what's behind door two, because two years ago they decided to look at what's behind door two, and there was Tom Brady. Wow. And who would have thought that was going to ever happen? And saying that now even <laughs> is hard to believe, right? It's almost like I'm waiting to wake up and find out this really didn't happen. You put Tom Brady in the ring of honor now? Oh, no question. No quite, I agree. No question. You have to. You have to. I think so. Uh, 29 and 10 over his two seasons here. 
We've never had a stretch like that before. No, which is quite remarkable. And if you just sit back for a second and and think about, you know, there was a missing piece and, and Bruce Arians and, and Jason Light went out and found that piece and it was the right piece to fit in. Because how many times have you seen teams go look for a free agent, think they got the guy, he comes in and for whatever reason it doesn't gel and it's not it's not what everybody thought it was going to be. Right. In this particular case, it was above and beyond because beyond. when he did come in the door, there were a lot of people thinking, you know, how much is left in that arm? Right. Why would Bill Belichick not hang on to this there guy? Were, there were plenty of people that, well, well Tom Brady kind of engineered that. Sure. He, the last contract he signed with the Patriots, he made sure that they couldn't keep him if he wanted to go. Right. So he, he set himself up for that eventual yeah, second, second chapter. Sure, but also people, you know, like to be romanced a little bit. And, yeah, you know, and, I I, and, didn't and it didn't happen, no. And so, um, but, I, you know, there was a risk and reward to bring him in. And it's certain, there, were, there were plenty of people who thought it was a great move by the Bucks. but you're right. There were some people who thought, you're just paying for what this guy's already done. He's mm-hmm. not that guy anymore. And mm-hmm. his numbers had declined a bit in his last couple of years. In New England, but the conjecture on our part was that he was lacking talent around him. Put him with this group of talented players and see what happens, and that's exactly what happened. Sure. Yeah, you don't pass over 5,000 yards with a dead arm. Well, and then in la- it wasn't so much this year because the way defense is played from time to time, but last year, lots and lots of downfield shots mm-hmm. that worked, and answering the initial question of can Tom Brady fit into Bruce Arians' Uh, no risk it, no biscuit approach. Sure. He likes to go downfield. Yeah. Well, it would totally work in the Super Bowl year. It was harder to do this year Yeah. because of the way the defense is played. I think, too, is interesting, and, and it speaks volumes because as you kind of have to step back a little bit from it. This worked because I think everybody, and when I say everybody, Bruce Arians, Jason Light, Tom Brady, all the coaches, the players, everyone kind of just stepped back and took a look at how they needed to move forward. And I thought it was interesting. Tom made the comment about, sorry about being such a pain in the butt. Yeah. Which, you know, you have to check your ego for that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? When someone first comes in the door, I mean, just whatever you do for a living, when someone new comes in or you get a new boss, you kind of just wait to see how that's going to play out. Because they want to put their fingerprints on it. I think that this worked better than anybody had ever anticipated that it would work. Do you think when he said that, he was it was like an acknowledgement of the sort of idea that's been out there that since he arrived, he has been telling team architects like Jason Light and Bruce Arians what he wanted? Yeah. No. Like, I, like he... He, it's acknowledged that maybe he's the one who said, hey, why don't you get Rob Gronkowski out of retirement? That kind of thing. He came here because in his previous interview before he took the job, I am sure that was discussed because he was not going to go someplace. I want input. Yes. And they were like, yeah, we want your I input. I mean, that's always been the rumor, mm-hmm. but they don't talk about that kind of thing. No, and I don't think it's a bad thing. It's, it's not, not. It's not. It, it's a. It's an effort from everybody. It doesn't work. It, it only worked because everybody wanted to move in that same direction, whether it was the head coach, whether it was Bruce, or whether it was Jason, if it was, you know, the, the other coaches. Everybody kind of had to take a step back and say, okay, how are we going to make this fly? How are we going to make this work? And it did. And 
Well, as, you can give some credit to team ownership, too. Absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying. It possible for whatever they wanted. To. And, and when he said he wanted to get somebody, they said, go get him. We'll open up the checkbook. We'll get it done. I think, too, that, you know, as disappointing, and I can't believe it's only been nine days since we played the last game or the last game was played. <laughs> but I find that. You feel disappointed about this season, but you shouldn't be. Well, I mean, you didn't win the Super Bowl, yes, but it was it wasn't a total no. It certainly season. no. I I don't think I think there's and you'll see in these comments. I don't I think there's plenty of fans who realize that a Super Bowl season and then a thirteen and four season and a and a playoff win is really good for any team, but especially for a team that hadn't been in the playoffs since two thousand and seven. And you know what? It had a lot of ups and downs, but it sure was a lot of fun. All too. I would say, all I would say that is that um, it, it it feels a tad bit unfulfilling because the there were expectations were building sure. throughout the season, and I would say right up to the point of that New Orleans game where everybody got hurt, we were considered front runners. Front runners, yeah. one of two or three teams. You'd say, okay, one of these teams is going to win the Super Bowl. Yep. If there were, you know, those power poles they do every year. Sure, right. There were plenty of times during the season, even in the second half of the season, where the Bucks were number one. And the writer would be like, well, it seems inevitable the Bucks will be going back to the Pro Super Bowl. But then you just ran into all those injuries. Yep. And so there's a little bit of what could have been. Sure. <laughs> and I think the, the last year, there, the injuries didn't bite right. the team. And, and this year it did. Yeah. So it's, it is what the NFL is. You, you can't control that stuff. But, it, but definitely, uh, he made an impression on this franchise. And I think. Um, um, isn't it funny how much you hated him before he came I never here? hated Tom. Well, Brady. you know what I'm saying. No, no, a lot of people did. Yeah. They, I think. Well, they hate the whole Patriots and yeah. the dynasty. And then he's the face of the dynasty. But see, that's, that's just typical. You know, when. When people go, oh, I want to see someone new in the Super Bowl. I want to see, well, you know what? If you want to see something new, you got to you got to make a change to make it happen, and that happened here. So, in all of his different um, and hate, it's a strong word. I should just say rooting against. Rooting him. against all those um, different social media posts that mm-hmm. Tom Brady put out in his retirement acknowledgement today. One of them, one of them thanked all of the Buccaneers staffers. Yep. So I, I'd like to think he was talking directly to us on that one. No question, no question. But but I hey, I got thanked by Tom Brady on his retirement. But I think I appreciate that because he is understanding in the aspect that it's just not one person. It takes a it, it, everybody has a role. Now everybody feels their role is the most important role, but everybody <laughs> has a role. I don't think my role is more important than the starting quarterback. No, you would not think that, would you? And I would be easier to replace than the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, we're going to find. Well, well I'm, we're going to find out how easy it is to replace the starting yes, quarterback, I, not I, not not the senior right. We have our story of the season. We of do the season now. Yeah, what's yeah. next after Tom Brady? And that's just it. You know, do you want to be the guy that replaced Tom Brady, or do you want to be the guy that replaces the guy that replaced Tom yeah. Brady? Yeah, I think you want to be that second guy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But I mean, you know, sometimes it happens. Aaron Rodgers replaced Brett Favre. That went well right from the beginning. Yep. Uh, Herbert replacing Philip Rivers is going well. Very, very well. Very, so it very can well. happen. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it's the it's the unknown again. That's or all. you could be in a, you'd be like where the Saints are right now, where Drew Brees retires, and it's not clear where they're going to go. Well, not only Drew Brees. And now they don't have Sean Payton. Well, I was going to say, they have a, a whole 
thing to deal with. Yeah, and so <laughs> I think we it, talked about this last week. If you're Sean Payton, I'm not saying Sean Payton walked away because of this. Yeah, no. But he happens to walk away when they're in absolute cap hell and don't really have a good answer at quarterback. And, you know, the thing is, is that, yeah, the, Tom Brady was, was very significant in, in winning the Super Bowl. But there are other there are other people on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, players, yeah. that are really good players. Right. And, yes. That was why he came here. Exactly. And so, there, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, and you won't be able to say whether it's good or bad until the next season starts and how well they play. But, you know, defensively, I think, you know, the team's in pretty, pretty strong shape. And generally you, know, you don't win – season after season in the same way. Right. Even Tom Brady yeah. and Bill Belichick dynasty, sure. they won in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. So um, we may not be able to win with a quarterback who always knows what he's doing and throws for 5,300 yards. But we, we may be able to win with a quarterback that throws for 4,000 yards and the defense gets better here and there. Sure. We emphasize how great our offensive line is. <clears throat> We can keep them. And I think also the uh, Tom's presence in the locker room. Levante David talked about it. You know, it just does he leave a lasting culture? I think I think so because extent, yeah. because you know what it takes to win. Yeah. You know, sometimes you We've have to you have that. to experience it. We've talked about how I, I I'm of the opinion that when you talk about building a culture, either a head coach or a, or a key player like Tom Brady coming in, that it's the winning that allows you to build that culture because. You say, we need to do this, mm-hmm. and everybody buys in and does it, and then you win. Now everybody's like, okay, well, he knows what he's talking about. This is how we should be doing things. Sure. Having Tom Brady leave isn't helpful, of course. No. But he, he can leave and leave the culture that he helped build intact. Right. And now all these guys know what it takes, right? So he could still have a lasting impact, even though he's moving on. And also, I thought when I thought most – we we would have Tom Brady for three seasons. I thought, I thought it was be three. I thought at the most. So I still kind of feel like, well, we got two, and then I was kind of hoping, hey, you know, maybe yeah. one more. But you any, know what? Any Buck fan that wouldn't, oh. if, if they told you in February of 2020, we're going to sign Mark, we're going to sign Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You're going to win 29 the next 39 games, including the second Super Bowl in franchise history, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a brilliantly fun ride because he's going to throw for a million yards and with yep. all these great. And then he's going to walk away, and then it could be a little bit more difficult after sure. that to keep winning. You take that every time. Sign you, up. You say, where, where do I sign? Do you know, I saw a, I saw a graph that um, that was showing how many teams have not won the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. And you don't think about it, but then it's a long list. It is. It, well, and that have never won it. That yeah. have never won it. It's not a right. long list have never been in it. There's only like five or six that have never been in it. But yeah. you're right. Like Buffalo's never won one as an example. No. No, see, neither has Cincinnati. Detroit's never been in one. And then it's your third time. That could change. Yeah. Who who would have thought, who would have thought that, um, you know, in the power rankings, I want to know who had Cincinnati on the bingo card. I think if you if you rewind to, like, late February, Zach Taylor was considered the favorite to be the first head coach Good. to be fired. Yeah. Now he's, now he's in the Super Bowl. Well, it's he, a fun team. I'm glad it, they made it. They are a fun team. They are a young, fun team. I think they got themselves a quarterback, and I think <laughs> – I think that's, um, you know, has been proven without a doubt. You have to have a quarterback to to make things. And they go. got him. And they got him. They got him now, and he's just in his second year. So they've got three more years of the greatest asset yeah. a team can have: yep. a great quarterback and a rookie contract. Do you know what he was with uh, uh, on Tom Brady's podcast? Let's go last night. Oh, he was. Yeah, Joe. Joe was. Joe oh, Burrow. Wow. And. Um, 
really interesting uh, his his demeanor. Oh, he's and, a confident fella. And he made a comment. He was telling Tom that when he was he remembers Tom getting uh, blown up as he was trying to run out of bounds, and his helmet flew off, and um, Tom immediately told him who hit him. I can't remember who. <laughs> immediately tells him who hit him, and Joe said, and and I saw you just pop up, and was like, okay, on to the next play. And he goes, that's when I decided I wanted. That's the kind of player I wanted to be. That's neat. But the funny part was, he goes. I was in middle school when I saw that. <laughs> and when you think about it, it's crazy. 22 years playing at a very high level. You, you know, I don't think you will ever see it again, but hey, maybe. I am happy uh, for Cam Brait because he is now <coughs> the uh, answer to a very interesting trivia question. Yep, last Who's, who caught Tom Brady's last <laughs> NFL pass? And who caught Tom Brady's last touchdown Mike, pass? Mike Evans. There you go. <clears throat> it was the 13,172nd completion now, postseason included for Brady. Last one, Cam Brady, and it was his 710th touchdown pass postseason included. Now, but I think Mike threw the ball in the He did. Again. So now where is that <clears throat> ball and what's it worth now? And how do you prove that it's Clearly, the last ball? Clearly, keeping a bunch of souvenir balls is not something Mike Evans cares about. No, and I don't. That that doesn't bother. Nor me. does he think about anybody else's records when it comes yeah. to. Yeah, but uh, probably at the time. No. Of course, at the time you didn't know that it was. His not last it. One. I didn't think it was. I thought the last one was going to be in overtime. Yeah, exactly. So. Yep. All right. So also, what does this have? The the other half of this coin mm-hmm. as to what are the other side of the coin, as to what the postseason offseason story is going to be. What are the Bucks going to do at quarterback? And secondly, what does his departure do? How does that affect <clears throat> the decisions made by this long list of 20-plus sure. unrestricted free agents we're about to face? Yeah. I think we talked about this. No, I guess it was with Casey I talked about this. It's just there's plenty of reasons for, let's say, Chris Godwin. Yep. There's still plenty of reasons for him to be motivated to stay with the Buccaneers. There are. So I'm not saying Tom Brady leaving closes that door. No. But the situation would have been even more attractive if Tom Brady was still here. Yeah, and and I think that's the other thing, too. I think the problem we may have is not so much that guys don't want to be here, and we talked about this last week, is that there are going to be teams that have a lot of money that they can throw at them, and now it's becoming a business decision that, yeah, hey, it was great, but... Well, those guys should get paid. If they they can get paid here, that would be great. Yeah, and that's... I I think you're going to find out how confident our team architects are in us being able to have at least one more winning season, sure. one more contending season without Tom Brady. Yep. Because that will – you'll see probably how they feel about that in who they try really hard to re- retain. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you break the bank to keep Chris Godwin, clearly you're saying we're not going through a rebuild. We no. think we can win like, yep. still right now. And as, we, as we're as we speaking right now, all of our coaches are still intact, which is a plus. Which was a bit surprising. Yeah. And could, could, could be, change. Could become untrue, but that yeah. it looked like that Jacksonville – Byron Leftwich thing was almost a done deal, and mm-hmm. that's been days now. So yeah, well, th- I think there is there's issues with the who the general manager yeah. is there, but there's still I think what there are five st- openings still left. Miami. So the Raiders have signed. Yeah. So um, the what? the Giants have signed the Raiders, and wasn't there one other team that's added a coach? Oh, Chicago. Chicago, who's who fired Ryan and Matt and hired Ryan yeah. and Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you? Yeah, I did that? see that. Yeah. One more thing before we get to our ex, what do they call those? Ex, I don't know. Awards. Oh. Honorable. I don't know. 
Anyways, continue. Uh, is we now have nine players selected for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and you're Tom, going, and you're headed out. I'm leaving tomorrow. Tom Brady has um, is not going to play. No, that's not shocking. And Tristan Morris obviously won't be ready to play. Although no, I but he's, he's going. Go. Yeah, yeah, he wants cool. to go. Good for him. But nine players <clears throat> with some alternates now added. Four of them in total. The last one being Vita Vea. That ties the most we've ever had in a in a Pro Bowl, and it's exactly what we were wondering last year around this time when we only got one Pro Bowler, yeah. and then we won the Super Bowl with one Pro Bowler, right? Tying for the fewest Pro Bowlers ever on a Super Bowl winning team, and we're like, but do you think we're going to get a big boost? The Super Bowl bounce for these guys next yeah. year, and well, yeah, that's exactly sure, what happened. That's always the case. Ali Marpet was really, really good this year, but he was also really, really good last yeah. year. But it was after we won the Super Bowl and had all that exposure that he makes the Pro Bowl. Yep. And um, I was going to say, there's something I was about this. Oh, you know, I, I'm glad that all, all nine of those guys are going, but I kind of feel bad because when they go out there, all they're going to get bombarded with is, how do you Tom feel Brady? about Tom Brady <laughs> leaving? So that, I feel I because, they, you know, it's their chance to feel good about themselves, and they're going to be, you know, you're just throwing salt well, in the wound. I womb. promise I won't be the one to ask that yeah, question. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. But they're used to it because, I mean, sure. it was last month, and some people oh. in their press conference would still ask him the question, like, what's, what's it, like? it like working with Tom yeah. Brady? I could almost see these guys cringe a little bit, not because it's a worthless question. It's just it's been asked a thousand, a thousand times, times over the yeah. last two years, and at some point he just becomes your teammate. Yeah. yeah, he's impressive in a lot of ways. Yeah, but he's also just another one of my teammates. Sure, you guys are acting like he walks on water. Yeah, we're past that phase now. We're bros, right? right? How's it? How uh, is it more important to be able to protect Tom Brady? Well, I'm whoever a quarterback. Well, back is, yeah, it's, you know, it's, if you want to be paid, it's best to protect your quarterback. So, but continue. <coughs> That's all I got. You want to get to these uh, superlatives? Yes. So what I did was I said, Jeff, let's do one more. Last week could have been our last one. Let's do one more where we sort of hand out superlatives. That's what I was looking for. Hand out some superlatives in our opinion. And I even um, solicited listeners if they wanted to chime in. So we sure. got a few of those. Okay. So, uh, and I gave you the list a little, I gave you a little time to prepare, which you I did. don't normally do. You don't. You usually like to spring it on I me. wanted better answers, okay? Wow. <laughs> so, I think if I asked you who was the MVP of the team, we'd both say Tom Brady. Yeah, you could right? say that. Yeah. So let's say, who's the MVP in the non-Tom Brady division? Okay. Who's your team MVP? Uh, I had a toss-up between two. Was one of them Chris Godwin? No. Because that's my pick. Okay. Mine was uh, Tristan. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's, I was going to talk about it. And him. then Mike Evans. Yeah. Those are the other two I wrote down. And the reason why, and the only reason why I didn't um, give Chris it was... I thought because Chris went down, Mike Evans became even more valuable. He certainly did. And mm-hmm. so that's where, and and then with Tristan going down for the divisional playoff game, it was very noticeable. And so I'm still going to, final answer for me is Mike Evans. Okay, that's a very good choice. <clears throat> and actually, it was the presence of Mike Evans that gave me pause before I said Chris Godwin. Because I'm not saying that Chris Godwin is a better player than Mike. No, Evans. I'm not either. Uh, I just think he was for how many games? 15 games, mm-hmm. 14 and a half games. He, beyond Tom Brady, was the most critical part of our offense in terms of skill position players. Obviously, you could say you could give it all straight to the probably the best answer is the offensive line. Yeah, but I don't really, I don't really want to pick one of them. No, that's hard. And I think we all realized when Chris Godwin de- went down that you weren't going to be able to replace him. 
No. You know, and you wouldn't be able to replace Mike Evans with another Mike Evans either. Sure. But Chris Godwin's did so much in our offense, and his going down made us change how we did offense. Now Tom did a good job of making it still work. Right. But I always felt there was a ceiling on what we could accomplish offensively once Godwin was down. <clears throat> no, I agree. I can't. Ar- I, the problem is I can't argue about it. I can't say, "Oh, you're yeah." Really well, wrong no, about you, this. yeah, because you just can't. They're both good players. Very much. So. Interest and worse is a good choice too. I did not pick anybody. I mean, I thought about it and went through all the different positions, but I didn't pick anybody that I th- thought could beat those guys yeah. on defense, which is a, a little unusual. I mean, if, if, if you're picking a defensive MVP, I'd probably go Shaq, but he just he clearly wasn't the same after the knee injury. He, no. didn't, have a, he didn't have a single quarterback hit in the two playoff games. You I know how dominant he was in the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, I kind of leaned towards the offense only because they were scoring 30 points a game. Yeah. And that, and, you know, I haven't seen that for a long time, or if ever, and for, with the Buccaneers. So that's kind of why I, I, I went the that's kind of why I went to the offensive side. I just don't know who is the one you would pick on defense as your MVP. <sighs> it was more of a collective effort, right? Yeah, I would have going to say. into the season. I might yeah. have, I might have predicted it'd be Devin White, but I don't right. think it was Devin White. No, he did not now. have the best year. Uh, Levante uh, got hurt. I think that kind of slowed it down. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, been very valuable because you saw the difference when he came back. So. And, you know, Vita Vea makes a big difference. Yeah. Is he the most important defensive player? Maybe. I mean, they did give him the extension. Yep. I don't know. I just think that it was more of a collective effort. The, the secondary was constantly being re, reshuffled all year. Yep. Antoine Winfield was a pretty steady presence. Very and, much so. And I'm not going to say the other one because he's going to be the answer to my next question, okay. which is actually both. He could be answered both of these next two. Oh, who, was wow. you, who do you think was the most improved player? In 2021 on uh, the Buccaneers roster. Me? I think it was Anthony Nelson. That's a good pick. Um, he was what, have, more, much more of an impact player. Had, what, five sacks <laughs> this five, year? Yep. Um, I think he is starting to come into his own. I believe he's beginning to understand the defense. I think he's trusting himself of what he's able to do. Do you think he'll be the starter next year? I would not be surprised. Because JPP is a free agent, and I'm I, not sure you re-up that. I'm not sure if you would either. Because he's just... It's not his fault. I don't know if his so body much shit. struggle with injuries. Yeah, I don't know. He, was, he wasn't the same player this year. No, and he and played I, his ass off. Oh yeah, he fought through a lot of shit. Yep. Oops, that's all right. Um, Sorry, Anakin. But the end of the day, uh, you know, most improved is to me is someone who you don't really think about too often, and then all of a sudden you notice his name. You're calling his name more. You're looking at you know the stats, and his name pops up. So my guy it, was Anthony <clears throat> Nelson. Most the answer might be Cyril Grayson, but he just mm-hmm. didn't get enough chance. Yeah. Did Cyril Grayson really improve to the point where he could be a steady producer for you, like one of your two or three top receivers, or I, did he just have a couple good games? Well, I think if he does, I think if he didn't we just get don't know hurt, the answer he, yet. yeah, we don't. You don't have that answer. So I don't know if he, he had quite enough body of work to be the answer here. The other one that I would say is Jordan Whitehead. <laughs> but I wonder yeah. how much did he improve or how much did I just notice more how good he was. Yeah. Well, he was awfully good this year. He is terrific, which I can't say a whole lot because <coughs> I have a next question coming up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, we're getting through these pretty quickly then. The next one is most underrated player. Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead, yeah. Yes. He, uh, he carried a big load this year. Um, interesting enough, uh, I remember Rondé Barber doing a uh, – Film session. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was against the Saints, if I remember correctly. 
And he had he, a big game against the Panthers, I think it was. Yeah, he did, but he also had a big game against uh. the Saints where um, he was playing really fast, really hard, and he's a really hard hitter. Yeah. And as he said, for a small guy, as Rondé said, he's a small guy too, for a small guy making big plays and probably one of the fastest guys when you watch it on film, he's moving quicker or faster he than anybody quickly. else. Yes. So he was my most underrated player um, this year. I had him on the list. Levante is always in that mm-hmm. category, of course, mm-hmm. but I think we've talked about that a million times. Also, a little bit Jamel Dean. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> like every corner on the roster, he missed some time to injuries. But I thought he played really well. And there was a time, he, he missed one game after he got hurt. He hurt his knee in, in L.A., missed one game. When he came back, like all our other corners were hurt. And he right. was it was him, and we were playing him, and guys like Pierre Desir and Dee Delaney and Richard Sherman. And, and he was, I felt like he stepped up and was, he took over Carlton's role as our most, steady and dependable cornerback. I thought there was a stretch for a good part of the season where he was really, really dependable. And right. and the next-gen stats back that up, too, by the way. He he did have a real nice stretch of play. And I just remember in this, even in this last game, when they had, when I saw highlights of him, it just seemed like he was, he's developed a very good style of playing physically without drawing a bunch of penalties. <clears throat> I think he's very good at that. And that's, coaches want that. Mm-hmm. They don't want a guy like Carlton early in his career drew a lot of penalties because he has a very physical style play. Sure, but he has gradually learned how to play that way without drawing a bunch of penalties. I, th- I think Jimmy Mel made that step, so he retained his very physical style of play. But he's doing it effectively without getting penalties. I just thought he was really good this year. He was. Yeah, I can't argue, which kind of gets me excited because you know those guys are still going to be on the team. Jamel Jordan's a free agent. Jordan's a free agent, but they got they got to get him. They can't let him go. Well, it's always the same thing. Yep. It's, it's a non Well, that's true. You just don't know if one team out there is going to want to throw a bunch of money at them. Yep. Yep. So if you're listening, people for other teams, we're, we're kidding. Those guys were terrible. Yeah. And you don't want them. Yeah. You should definitely. Yeah, he really not. needs to work on his game. Boy, Jordan White has <laughs> a lot of work to do. <laughs> All right. Um, that one, I think we've been in a lot of agreement so far. Let's see if we can. Find something we don't necessarily agree on here. What was your favorite game of the season? My favorite game was the 31-29 win over the Cowboys. One, because it was the Cowboys. Two, because it was on the national stage. It was the first game of the 2021 season. And I thought the way they battled in that game to keep, and, you know, they didn't blow them out, but it was a good game. Made me feel good about the direction the season I thought was going to go. Yeah, I definitely would not have picked that game because I didn't really think we needed to start the season with a game that scared me. We were losing by a yes. point. Tom Brady had yeah. to make a last-minute field goal drive. That's why. That's and then why. your kicker had to make the field goal. Yep, that was my favorite game because it showed me that you're never out of it. Yeah, well, you could say that about a few other games this sure. year, too. Um, uh, I, I really remember thinking the Buffalo Bills game was very entertaining. That was my second choice because they won in overtime. Well, they what was what was entertaining about it? Well, what, what made me feel good about that game in several different ways was, first of all, Buffalo coming in, I thought this is a formidable opponent. Yeah, this is a team. And you didn't think the Cowboys were going to be all. Well, that wasn't great sure how good the Cowboys yeah. were going to be. Yep. Yep. I was felt okay, after fair. that game, I felt they were pretty good. But the Bills was one I had circled on my calendar. This is going to be one of the toughest games. And then the Bucks were killing them. Yep. They're killing them, right? I mean, 
we're playing a, what we believe to be a really good team, and yeah. we're beating the pants off them both yep. sides of the ball, right? But then it became a whole new game because they had the comeback. But then we won it in overtime, which was thrilling. Sure. So it kind of had it all. I would also say that the Indianapolis game. Well, that was a good game, too. Back Not and forth. In Indy, yep. Two, two teams that played very well. A lot of back and forth scoring. Leonard Fournette was amazing. And they and at that time, the Colts were on a big roll. That's right, they were. They were playing really well. So And we did see that Buffalo did prove to be one of the best teams in the league. And, you know, they came within yeah, one incredible drive by um, yep. Patrick Mahomes of being in the NFC, AFC Championship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they could be they could easily be in the Super Bowl right now. Sure. Okay. All right. All right, that was fun. Um, it is. Favorite play. Oh, what? that was a hard one. That was a really, really hard one. So. Your favorite play of this season. Well, I had to think about it for a while, and I came up with the play that gave me the, emo- the most emotional high. It's got to be the Cyril Grayson catch, right? It was. It was. It was 33 yards, 15 seconds left, touchdown. Wow. Even with Tom Brady on your team, it was hard to see how we were going to win that game. With all the craziness of that game and how bad they looked, they being the Bucks at the, during that game, it just seemed like nothing was clicking. There was a lot of turmoil on the sidelines. Um, <laughs> you say that again. Yeah. There, so, there just wasn't – I just didn't think there was enough time. And even – at the 33-yard line, the, with the style of defense that we're playing, I'm thinking, okay, maybe he'll throw a 10-yard out and we'll have, like, one crack at the yep. end zone where everybody's standing in the end zone. And somehow, the give Byron Leftwich credit for the call, give Tom Brady credit for executing it, and somehow they got a play that got Cyril Grayson open <laughs> inside the five-yard line. And he caught it. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite play? That That's probably that one. Um, I love everything about that play. Yeah. Because uh, did at, you pick that play? I have two written down. Oh, okay. Um, I loved everything about that one because for some article I was writing, I decided to like really break it down and watch you know, on Next Gen Stats, and you can watch you can watch the play over and over again, and you can watch um, uh, you can watch like the X's and sure O's move around. Yeah. And and you can have every. You see the diagram. You can see it all go. Yeah. And I think maybe that combined with I think maybe Rondé talked about that play mm-hmm. in his film session, and so you see Cambrate run like the ten yard out. Yep. Which may have been what they were hoping to get, and Cyril Grayson does a clear out, and you're hoping okay we need to get we need to get a quick pass, but it has to be on the sideline because we need to get out of bounds, out of timeouts, don't want to have to run up and spike it and get off one quick play. So I'm guessing they expected. Cam Brate to be the target. Yeah, but the but Brady gave him gave the the corner a little kind of violent shoulder shake in Cam's direction, and the corner totally bit. And I'm I think I've said this before. I'm not even saying the corner. I'm not saying he bit in a bad way because right. he probably was supposed to go cover that guy. They don't want to give up that quick out to the sideline. No. So Tom Brady made him believe that's what he was throwing, and he's that corner's breaking up just as Cyril Grayson is running by him. Yeah, and then. Cyril's running over to, like, an open zone. He's not even running that fast compared to what he can run because he's just trying to find the open zone. And the safety realizes what's about to happen but can't get there because... That's one of those, no... But, and that's exactly... <laughs> I remember watching the play. And I think I've already talked about this, so I'm sorry. This is redundant that's redundant entertainment. That's fine. It's we're a giving. great play. But I remember watching it from where we were. We, had a, we actually had a, a 
luxury suite we were working for from sure. the Jet Stadium. And there's three or four of us in there, so we could react a little bit more than we you would were be allowed the press to box. cheer. Yes. And you see him start to throw, and you you naturally look down, and I yelled, "Oh, he's got him!" Like I didn't expect to look down and see a, a very open guy. Right. I'm like, "Oh, he's got him!" And then he caught the ball, and we all just went nuts. Out. No, it was like I said, it was second one. Got to be just about emotionally as great was the Brashard Perryman touchdown catch in overtime. It, well, I was thinking about that. That was the, that was my second one also because I was trying. But for some reason, I think I think the reason why I didn't pick that one is because Buffalo came back on us and then we won. I know, but we're just talking about one play here. Yeah, I know. But I went for what gave me the the biggest emotional. Remember, though, that you know. was a third down. Yes. We were just hoping to convert the third down so we didn't have to punt the ball back right. to Buffalo in overtime. Probably at that point, your, your best you can hope for is a tie. Yeah. You're not gonna and he made a great for, move and off the and, races. And again, Tom Brady helped lead players away with his eyes. Yep. And, and one of their players may have made a questionable choice to follow. I can't remember who it was. Somebody was crossing the other way. I think maybe Godwin because we still had Godwin at the yep. time. And Pyramid catches it, and you're like, Oh, we're gonna get the first down. Then all of a sudden, he's breaking away from the guy. And you're like, oh, oh my god. god, he might go. And he did. That was that was. You can't say you weren't jumping. No, around a I bit no, that was a good one. That's a good one. I was trying to think of a defensive play that could qualify here. They're a little harder to think of. Yeah. And we had two pick sixes by Mike Edwards in the first in the second game, but I think we win that game against Atlanta even if he doesn't. Yeah, put those on. It I I didn't see a defensive play that sealed the game. I I don't I know that's probably true. But um, I do have one. I did come right. up with one. Shaq Barrett's strip sack in Indy. Okay. Because they had all the momentum. Yeah, yep. And they had a big, like, I don't remember what their lead was, but I think it was a couple touchdowns, and they had the ball going in, and Shaq stripped it, and it kind of changed the whole the whole momentum sure. of the game. Yeah. Yeah, but when I think, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm recalling that play. Hmm. But then I'm trying to think of like that was the problem when I was thinking about this is defensively I was like okay what is it and there wasn't one that just made me you know you, you know how you, there are some games where you just know you know the interception to seal the deal so to speak I, like I just, um, or the, a, or a sack to the sack by Levante in the wild card game in Washington last yeah. year that kind of sealed that game sure did we not have anything like that. I don't. I don't recall. That's why. Okay, I, so we beat Dallas, but that was a last-minute drive. Uh-huh. We beat Atlanta. Those uh, yeah. Edwards pick sixes helped, but I don't think. I think the game was already going right. to be won. Um, we beat. We lost to the Rams. We beat New England. Yep. They, they really. They got lined up for a field goal at the end. Yeah. Yep, uh, they did, and they missed the field goal. So yeah. Miami was a blowout. Chicago um, was a blowout. Eagles, we were ahead. Eagles, Eagles yeah, yeah kind of came back. We we kind of sealed that game with a with a long drive to mm-hmm. r- run off like the last six minutes. Yeah, so you might be right. I, I don't know if there's one that qualifies. No, if you have to think that hard, there isn't one. That's that's how I. Do. There was a whole lot of sacks that made a big difference in Carolina, but that's not just one play. Right. All right. All right. Next one. Your least favorite moment of the season. sucks because I'm still thinking about it. The Cooper Cup catch? Yep. Cooper Cup catching to uh, set up the winning field goal to end the season. That was pretty much the game season-ending play, so that's the obvious choice. I would also go with the Chris Godwin injury. 
I I didn't. Yes, that game was terrible. Yep. And the the, the hit questionable. You, you see the hit, and you go, I can't believe this doesn't happen ten times a game. Yeah. Chris Godwin had no chance of escaping injury there because nope. he catches and turns around, and that guy is driving right into his knee. Yeah. How can he not get hurt there? But then you're hoping it's not too bad. Sure. And then you hear he's out for the year. Yeah. So it just looked bad, and it felt like worse. It felt like this is going to be really hard to overcome. Yep. You don't want to say you, – you don't, you don't feel good about any player getting injured, and certainly like Tom Brady going down would have been catastrophic. But I just looked at that and I'm like – I don't know how we're going to adjust to that one. Man. Yeah, no. and the game was awful. We couldn't do anything. We lost nine to nothing. And it makes you and wonder. You feel bad for Chris. Yeah, and you wonder if Chris was still in the game. How you know what what the score would have been? Yeah, because defensively they did play very well in that game. Yeah, nine nothing. Yeah, Chris Godwin um, would have been helpful this last game as well. Sure, uh, sure, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, but but yeah, I I would say that those are the two. I think. Yeah, that's that's. Least favorite, I would go with that. But I kind of stayed away from injuries. I just kind of, again, I'm playing with the motion of mm. of the swing of the game. So we lost to the Saints twice, the Rams twice. twice. So who else beat us? Um, Washington beat us, Washington. which was a very low moment. Yeah, yeah I can't think of the one I don't know moment. if they're going to be the Washington football team or the Washington Commanders or it what. Sounds like, um, yeah. It sounds like Joe... Theismann thinks it's Slip. the commanders. Yeah. And then he's um, going, well, I didn't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's kind of a weird mistake to make. Yep. All right. Most impressive record broken by either a player or the team this year? I think that was a tough one because there were a number of individual records broken, but I went as a team. I think 13 wins in the regular season, that's pretty strong. Yeah, I have that written down. So yeah. It's the most we've ever had. Yeah. It, it was made possible by a 17th game, but still, yeah. still a record. Right, and I and I took it because individually I can see that, but I, I'm kind of in that kumbaya moment right now, that whole team effort, uh, and, I, and everybody gets a piece of that. It's yeah. not the offense, defense, or special teams. Everybody somewhere played a part in that, so I go with 13 wins. It's also pretty hard not to say 43 touchdown passes by Tom Brady well, at the age of 44. Yeah, there is that, but I'm trying to not, lead the NFL. I'm trying not to think of the Tom Brady <laughs> stuff now that he's retired. We're celebrating it. I am. We're I celebrating am, his time. I here. am moving forward. My favorite of all the Brady stats that I've read or written in the last few days is that when he won the court, when he won the, his first Super Bowl, he uh-huh. was at the time, it's yeah. not the case anymore, but at the time he was the youngest quarterback, starting quarterback ever to win the Super Bowl. And he's now the oldest. And he went out when he won his last one. Yeah. He was the oldest quarterback, yeah. starting quarterback. Uh, I think the record for youngest now belongs to Ben Roethlisberger. But sure. that shows dominance of a career from beginning to end, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, might, you might be on to something. A lot, of, like, a lot of people get to be... The youngest of something, like Sean McVay at age 30, the youngest modern era head coaching hire, right? Sure, right. Oh, and uh, I don't know who the oldest one was. I know Bruce Arians well, is up there. Bruce is? No, I think Bruce, I don't know if he's as a head coach, hired. I think he is the oldest hired. But few people get to be both. No. Like, Sean no. McVay, there's a chance that he becomes the oldest head coach to like win a Super Bowl. But probably not, right? No. He, well, he's so, not the youngest coach to win a no, Super Bowl. No, but he was the youngest. I'm just saying. I'm just well, what is example. the youngest coach to win a Super Bowl? Was that um, was that John Madden? Well, maybe. You can probably look it up on your phone. Yeah, I, I was going to say. I think so. I think that was kind of John Madden's claim to fame is he, he won at a very young age because he walked away. He walked away from the Raiders at 42 years old, and he was a coach for 10 years. So, huh. you know. 
I don't know. I uh, that's a good guess for sure. I, mean, I think Gruden's probably pretty high on the list. Yeah, he was forty-two though, right? He was forty-two that year. Um, I think John was. What did it just? <laughs> I I, 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 I know. Here to, it's, it's, I shouldn't throw that stuff out there. No, no. What happened? <laughs> I I opened Google and then searched on Google Yahoo. Instead of searching <laughs> oldest quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl. Wait, wait, so what's the question? Oldest coach? Oldest coach to win a Super Bowl. Oldest coach. Uh, or the youngest coach. Mike Tomlin, age 36. Youngest coach. Yep. Youngest coach to win the Mike Super Mike Tomlin, age yep. 36. Yep. Okay. So. You did a good, better Googling job there than I did. Thank you. Um, how about that, huh? I want to I'll bet you. Well, I, I can't remember. Uh, is Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick's a couple years older than you just, than Bruce. You just Google the answer to the other question in like two seconds. Why don't you just Google that one too? Oh well, because I was just you know kind of trying to hit Oldest my now. I'm trying to him. Bruce Arians. Yeah. Okay. There you go. He was what 68. He became the oldest coach to win a Super Bowl at, at 68 years old, and after 45 years of coaching across. I mean, he's been yeah part that, of see, Super now Bowls. That, yeah, so he's won Super Bowls before, just not as the head coach. Right. So and this it, is badly worded. Sure. Because it says, after 45 years of coaching across college in the NFL, Arians finally led his team to that Vincent Party trip, but only uh, five, six, like eight of those well in the, in the NFL were as head coach. Yeah. So it's one Super Bowl in like eight years as a head coach. If, if you want to go... Five in Arizona, two here, three here, nine. Yeah, and if, most of one in Indy. If you go for the oldest coach to be on a on a on a staff to win a Super Bowl, it has to be, be Tom, Tom Moore. Moore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's 80, 80 years old, eighty one, still going exactly. strong. Yeah. So, all right, that's okay. That's pretty good. That's uh, so most impressive record. So, do you want to answer this last one I wrote down, or is it is it too goofy? Uh, no. the The last one that you know, it's kind of. Uh, Self-serving on our parts, but it's called uh, best press box food, and we can't <laughs> we can't include Raymond James Stadium because they kill it every time. The, the, and when I say kill, I mean in a good way. If you've been to all the press boxes and then you yeah. come to Tampa, you're usually pretty impressed. Yeah, I our had spread's to, pretty darn good. Up yeah, there. I had to. Um, was, I had I had I had to think about it. Wasn't it good in Atlanta? That's that's my choice. And, and they have an ice cream machine, if I remember correctly. There's no way you're saying that. I have that written yeah, down. I, I, th- I have, this is what I have. Atlanta, nice variety. Had ice cream <laughs> available the whole game with toppings. <laughs> That's what I wrote. I don't think I partook. No, I but didn't. But they, pl- they had plenty of other good stuff. I, but see, I didn't, take, I didn't take part in the ice cream. But uh, they had like M&M's and crunched up yeah, Oreos oh, and peanuts. And I would go get a cup. And yes, that was called nervous eating. That's but, I've never heard anybody doing that before. But then they they also had a uh, they have a nice salad. They they did a nice salad. They did have a good salad. They also had uh, like a brisket or whatever that was already cut, and because of COVID, it was already packaged, but it was still warm. Hmm. It was still tasty. Um, I didn't remember all these details. And they had and they had um, some really good chicken sandwiches also. So yeah, they they did a really nice job. Mm-hmm. I couldn't Probably remember all the details the wor- other than the, the ice cream. The worst was uh, the Saints. The the super are the oh they're uh, terrible. Yeah the 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 fact that um and yeah they that was bad. Plus they didn't bring very much. No, you had to act fast or, or they were just out and you went up there go yep. sorry we don't have any more. Yeah, and the best was at halftime. Here have a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so, just 
Yeah. That's just one of the many terrible things about going to yeah. play at that stadium. The most interesting one was very Midwestern was the Colts where they had uh, potato chips in a bowl and and dip in another bowl during COVID That's time. That's right. Yeah. That was surprising. Where you just kind of, but it, a tip of, yeah, but a very, very Midwestern <laughs> America, Americana way of doing it. All right. All right. Now we'll finish our, our see what happens. Season. See what happens when I do my homework. Yeah. Yeah. You bring a lot more to the show. There you go. Um, We'll finish our Strong. Salty Dog season All right. with words from the fans. All righty, which is the most important. This was Mike in Connecticut. If they don't have words, we got nothing. Hey, dogs, I guess it just wasn't in the cards this year. I hope we can pick it up next year, but I know we have a ton of free agents. It's going to be tough. Yep. On to the draft then. <laughs> While I think we need some help in the secondary because tackling is clearly an issue, I don't know if we pick high enough to get some of the studs out there. So with that in mind, because there are also other positions I think we need to beef up on, Full disclosure, I was raised in an Irish Catholic house, so I'm a Notre Dame homer to the core. I very much am not. I don't know about you, Jeff. Uh-huh. I've always rooted against Notre Dame. Sorry, Mike. Because of the draft order, I know we probably have no chance at Kyle Hamilton, which is true. I see him going like top five, which is weird for safety, which is a shame because he and Antoine Winfield as our safeties would be unstoppable. There's another Golden Domer I'm hoping Jason Light has an eye on. Kyron, I don't. I didn't really follow Notre Dame this no, year, other than do hope, look at the scores and hope sure. they lost. So <laughs> K Y R E N. So maybe that's Kyron or Kieran Williams. Yeah, is probably one of the most underrated running backs in the country. If you haven't seen him, check it out. No. He is so shifty and powerful; it's amazing. Catches out of the backfield and pushes the pile like a mini Mike Allstott. Hmm. Talk about thunder and lightning! If we added him to give Lenny a breather, maybe you guys can do some pre or post draft shows this year too and keep us updated. I hope you guys have a relaxing off-season, and, and I've enjoyed the show again this year. I look forward to many more senior moments in the future. Remember, Thank this you. Is the guy yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if if you had – the way he describes that running back and pairing him with um, Lenny Leonard Fournette feels more like thunder and thunder, not thunder and lightning. Yeah, right. Uh, thunder. <laughs> I was thinking that, yeah. Uh, I mean, I do like maybe with I do like maybe with well, he Ro- Rojo. He, he says be. he's a mini Mike Allstar, so yeah. maybe he's the lightning in this picture. Yeah, maybe. I and Leonard know. Fournette's the thunder. Um, I'm not usually much of a, a, a proponent of drafting running backs in the first round. Yeah. And I think this is also going to come down to does Leonard Fournette return? If he does, sure. and you also have Keyshawn Vaughn, I don't think you're drafting a running back in the second round. No. You need something. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's a first round. It's possible. I, I, at least at the end of the first round, it feels a little bit better. Like Doug Martin for 30th overall worked out pretty right. well. And um, don't forget, we're picking what, like 27. 27. point. Yeah. Maybe it's okay. So that's really a high second rounder. I think we're going to need some other play positions a little bit more. Yeah. And we'll know that better after free agency. Th- that's going to So be in this case, it's very good for us that the draft is after free agency. Yeah, and you don't know how many dra- draft picks you're going to have because if you're trying to get something big, you gotta got to trade them draft picks. What, do you think we're going to try to draft a quarterback? No. Okay. I think we... Think we could possibly trade some future picks for a quarterback. Oh, okay. Something like that. You trade our try picks to trade our picks. Try for to like, an existing quarterback. Like I mean, Russell Wilson. Because if like if the Rams end up winning, then that's going to be the new way of doing things. Well, especially if they did it right after the Bucks won with Tom Brady. There you go. The Rams formula in the end ended up looking a lot like the Bucks from. It was and and the talented core. 
bring in the, the quarterback that puts it over the top, and then keep adding pieces along the way. Add a wide receiver somewhere during the season. Sound, Miller, familiar, yeah. sound familiar. Get a, you know, bring Von Miller in. Everybody's thinking he's done, he's toast, and he's had a, he had a, ter- he's had a terrific playoffs. He was great against yeah. us. Yeah. So um, I the draft to me is just like – I don't know. There's a lot of hopes and dreams and, you know, how many times you think, oh, this guy's going to be great and doesn't. And yeah. Then you get a sixth-round pick who plays for 22 years and wins seven Super Bowls. So you go figure it out. We haven't started our mock drafts yet. We do that after the Super Bowl. So I haven't read up too much on it yet. I've yeah. read a couple mock drafts. Um, so I can't say that I'm um, – You're there yet. I'm, I'm, I have the knowledge yet to be real good on this question. Mm-hmm. But maybe closer to the draft. Sure. Okay, next one. All right. From Mark. Thank you for your questions, and thank you for listening. Mark from Mace, Arizona. I believe the beginning of this to be a riff on the fact that I have claimed, truthfully, mm-hmm. that I can sing or rap most of the um, uh, <laughs> Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, Are you going to bring it on? Panic. He starts by going, bow, wow, wow, bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, oh, yippee, yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. salty dogs, definitely in the house. <laughs> You know, before you go any further, that's kind of my one big disappointment. I was really looking forward to seeing the Super Bowl halftime show live. That would have been cool. I really was. And 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 so I know I get to see it on TV. And I did have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. But I just, I, I've learned long ago that if your team's not in it, it's it's no fun. It's not as much fun. I, if, I, if I you used to do that more in, earlier in my career. Yeah. I don't have any great desire to do it anymore. No, I did too. I did the same So, thing. first off, Scott, I completely agree that Sean Payton leaving the Saints is absolutely good news for the Bucks, as yeah. that was my first reaction to seeing the news as well. Okay. With significant unknowns swirling around all three other teams now, the division should be ours to sweep. Problem is, how good are we going to be? Right. What, what's our quarterback solution now? And, and to be fair, I believe this. I believe this question came in before Tom Brady. Yeah, made it clear he was retiring, right. which would have been before Saturday. But, you, but see, this is the interesting part because, like, when you look at the schedules, you go, "Oh my gosh, we're going to be playing a lot of playoff teams," and I get all of yeah. that. But then I say, "Hold up, everybody, because look at Cincinnati. Two years ago, they had what four wins, if that." Last year they were struggling, looked like they are going to get a new head coach, and boom, they're in the Super Bowl and they're playing really good. That's what I love about the NFL. You don't know who's going to be good or bad. Yes, I, I know what you're saying, but let's talk about the teams we're talking about here. One of them is Kansas City. Yeah. I got a pretty good feeling they're going to be good next year. Yeah. One of them is the Rams. Yeah. They have beaten us multiple times in the last couple of years. Obviously, it's a bit of a hurdle you, for us now. But, but because Tom Brady retires, you feel like the Buccaneers. I'm just saying there's questions surrounding the Bucks now, too. Okay. If the Buccaneers come up with a reasonably good solution at quarterback, right. then, yeah, I think we're the clear favorites in the division because the Saints have not lo- not only lost Sean Payton, they, yeah. they don't know what their quarterback situation is right. either. The Falcons just simply – I didn't think they progressed that much this year. No, and then you have the Panthers who are – Panthers, what are they? They're all over the place Who knows now. what they are? Who's yeah. their quarterback? Yeah. So the Buccaneers, yeah. if we'd have had Tom Brady go into the next season with the you would the, be, the only team that feels really good about their quarterback. Yeah. I mean, are, are, is Atlanta still sold on Matt Ryan? I'm not so sure. Um, I think that that's coming I, to an end pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, maybe another year. We'll have to wait and see because I don't know who their backup is going to be. So. Well, they need to, they need to sure they need to draft somebody. Yeah, 
and start preparing for the future. Yeah. Sound hopefully, fami- hopefully do a bad Sound job familiar? It. All, everybody in the NFC South seems to be doing that. So, okay. Right. So that's not even the question. Right. Now for some quest- questions. Think lightning round. Do you anticipate putting out another cur- in the current series for the season? Yes. Okay. I was hoping you would know the answer to that. Yeah. Will Ray J ever get a partial roof like the Dolphins have? No. No. That doesn't even make any sense. No. How would you even do that? Well, you'd have to put a canopy, like you build it up over. Just yeah, doesn't, yeah. The way our stadium is constructed, that would be weird. Yeah, no. no. I don't see that happening. Um, will the 2022 Super Bowl rings be as cool as the Bucks from last year? Trick question. That would be impossible. Um, they'll try some, They'll try sure. to come up with something. There's Where do you go after this twist off top of the all I can, stadium? All I can say, if A, if it's Cincinnati, not so much. <laughs> if, it's, if it's L.A., it's going to be big-time glitz. <laughs> it might be bigger. Yeah. It might end up being I don't bigger. know how much bigger you can get. I know, right? But the jeweler is in L.A., and so that could be... There's, you don't have to use the same jeweler. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that the the jeweler that that the Buccaneers used yeah. is in L.A. and he's and that they're very very creative. If they choose to use. If that they company. choose, yeah. Jason's. Jason's. Yes, a Beverly Hills. Jason's of Beverly Hills. Yes. And finally, what was your favorite moment from doing the podcast this past year? Uh-huh. Oh. This one, because we're done. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite uh, mom- moment. I mean, I- generally, my favorite moments on the podcast are when you say something that's not true. Yeah. And then I say that's not true, and you continue to say they're true, and then I prove to you that it's not true. Mine is when I am true, and you're always shocked that I am <laughs> when I when it is true. So I think my least favorite moment was when you would not acknowledge that teams that we had played three games in. 14 days, not 13 days. Oh, yes. Well, that's, just, I, that's, I was counting them on my fingers. I understand. You, you still it still go. irritates me you think that way. Oh, be quiet. As always, thanks for t- continuing to do what you gents do. See at Beefs. Mark from Mesa, Arizona. Oh. P.S. Don't forget to keep plugging for the Salty Dogs merchandise. <laughs> I have a T-shirt, sticker, and beer koozie already picked out for my virtual <laughs> shopping cart. Go Bucks. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I like that. That's pretty good. This one, uh, this one's from Phil Schwadron in California, who's now sent us a question two weeks in a row, I think. Hey, S Dogs, for the wrap up of 2021, rather than give you the greatest game or biggest play, I'm giving you the single greatest moment of the season, in his opinion. Okay. Mike Evans breaking Mike Allstott's total touchdown record. That's pretty strong. The A train was maybe the greatest offensive player in Bucks history until number 13 showed up. No one is more deserving of the record than Evans. I hope he puts the TD total out of reach for the next 30 years. Thanks again for a great season of podcasts and for reading my emails. Yep. I I can't argue. I, 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 it I was totally, great. I totally agree. I remember as we were leading up to that that I didn't think people were making a big enough deal out of yeah. it. And I looked at every team and found out that unless Kamara did it too or um, or uh, the, the the running back that they got back um, midway through the season, the, the Saints that used to play for them. I can't think of his name right now. The anyway, Saints that used to play for them? The running back that they got back from Houston, like, midway through the season, that had played most of his career in New Orleans before leaving for, like, Baltimore, I think, and then ending up in Houston. Why can't I think I of I can't name? think of it either. Ingram? Yes. Mark? One of those two were close, or both of them were close to potentially breaking the Saints' all-time touchdown record. But other than that, nobody in the league had a guy become their new all-time touchdown leader. And it had the most recent it had happened was Gronk with the Patriots in, like, 2016 right. or 17. It just doesn't happen very often. And so it was, I felt like it was a monumental moment. Sure. By the time we got there, I feel like everybody was on board, and they did a big announcement at yeah, the stadium. They and, did. And it was pretty exciting. Uh, but for weeks leading up to them, I'm like, hey, guys, this is a big deal. Let's make a big deal out of this. So <clears throat> anyway, 
Good choice. Yep. I like it. What else? Uh, thanks again for a great season of podcasts and for reading my emails. You're okay. welcome. You're Thank welcome. You, Phil. Thank you for sending them in. Can't, can't read them unless you take the first step. And we can't wrap up the season. Well, I'll do that one last then. Because right, I'll tell you in a second. All right. This is the second to last question. Okay. The dog, and it's it's somebody who kind of took up my. Um, I threw down the gauntlet last week that we were going to do this, and if you wanted to send in your choices, sure. you, know, you could have an input here. Yeah. And this is from Sam in Nashville. Okay. I think if I remember correctly, it's an S, they may be me now. Every single one of the questions this week was by somebody we've read from before. All right. Um, dogs, thanks for doing one more podcast before closing out the year. I have a couple of questions. First, for Scott, since you have been to the Pro Bowl covering the Bucks players a few times, do you have any good stories you can share? Okay. Well, first of all, the only Pro Bowls, the, the only time I traveled far for a Pro Bowl was one time in Hawaii. Yep. I only got to go to one Pro Bowl in Hawaii. The others were here, near here in Orlando, and it was just kind of a go up there and come back kind of thing. It wasn't anything particularly entertaining or groundbreaking right. about that. The truthful answer to the question is the time that I got to go to the Pro Bowl, which I guess it would have been 2015 in Hawaii, was the stuff I got to do outside of working. Sure. Like, I, I found, I, we were on Oahu. Weren't you were. You were on Oahu. And um, so I had Googles, Googled um, <clears throat> best body surfing beach. Yeah. Because I like to body surf. Yeah. I don't know how to surf like on a surfboard. Sure. And uh, they have a really good one there. And so I found it. And <laughs> when I body surfed before, it was like in the Atlantic. Yeah. And that's fun. Yeah. This is a whole new story. It is a whole new this thing. Is like Did you go to the North Shore? No, no, it was the opposite end of the stadium, and I can't remember the stadium. Island. Island. I can't remember the name of it. I know there's a lot of very popular surfing beaches on the north side, uh, but no, I, I just wanted to body surf, and I can't think of the name of it. It was a beautiful area. There was, like, these hills in the water. Yeah. Like, little I'm mountains. I'm trying to think of what it is. It's not... It's very pretty. Yeah. It's, it, everything's pretty there. So, continue. it was just a ton of fun. I yeah. mean, I felt like I'd been through a washing machine afterwards. Mm -hmm. And a few times I was like, I felt lucky that I didn't break my neck. Yep. But you, I still did it, and it was a ton of fun. You got tossed and turned, and oh, you man. were like, and I then, can't believe it. And then I'm watching guys who clearly know what they're doing, and they they have this form where they got this one arm stuck yeah. out like this. I'm like, I don't know what I'm yeah. doing here. <laughs> but you're having fun. <laughs> That's all that matters. As for player-wise, I don't really think I – there was there's, there was really never a big story. No, I – I went to the Pro Bowl a number of times um, when when I was with a sports station, and the one was, I mean, unusual. You know, like stories breaking. Yeah. The okay. one was when um, Simeon didn't show up. N well, no, this was when um, Shula was released as defensive coordinator at the Pro Bowl. Oh, jeez. In '99, I think it was. Okay. Um, that. All happening was kind of crazy. Oof. And then the other big story was before John Gruden got hired, that night um, all around the Pro Bowl people, everybody was talking about how Steve Mariucci was going to become the next Buccaneer head coach. Pretty much everyone was going, yeah, am I boring you? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, that, that was going to be the next big story. And then, of course... Boom! It was John Gruden. Yeah, uh, so. about a month later, though. No, it was like like three days later. He was he was here, and because I remember I had just gotten back from Hawaii when they did the press conference. Okay. I like okay. the I night happened before. a little earlier in February. Though, I yeah. Thought. Of course, the Pro Bowl everything was come, early. Yeah. Pro Bowl used to come a week after the Super Bowl. Correct. Which I liked, but it's certainly it's just they have to take 
we're glad that the Bucks have nine Pro Bowlers. Yeah. But four of them were replacements. Sure. Because guys are in the Super Bowl. So you end up with a whole lot of players called Pro Bowlers. Right. Whatever. Okay. Do you have any good – now for both of you, if you could interview one player at the Pro Bowl that is not a Buck player this year, who would it be? Joe Burrow. Yeah. But he won't, be, he won't be there. He won't be there, yeah. I was really impressed with him last night, the way interview he Interview one player. I, I wish I had a Pro Bowl roster. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really – Russell Wilson, maybe? Yeah. I've heard he's not that great of an interview. Yeah. Well, maybe it – you're not interviewing properly. I think so. Everybody that has tried to interview him is a bad interviewer. Well, but so I'm the one who's going to get him. You to could say be the guy that put him over the top, and everybody goes, "Wow, he's never that way." He never gives interesting answers. No, wow, that was really good. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really have a good answer. Yeah, I don't either. Maybe Nobody. is Debo Samuel going to play in it? I yeah, know he's chosen. That's uh, an interesting character right there. Yeah. I don't, yeah, he's a wide receiver running back. He's, he's pretty he's amazing. Just, he's a Phenomenal. Unicorn. He's a yeah. unicorn. Oh, I like that. Since this is, the, more on this email, since uh, this is the award show, I have to say my awards are MVP Tom Brady, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we said non-Tom Brady. Right. But then he chose, which is the way they kind of do it in the NFL, mm-hmm. they do an MVP, but they also do an Offensive Player of the Year. And since the MVP is almost always who everybody considers is the best quarterback, uh-huh. it makes sense that that Offensive player of the year would be the same guy, and that happens occasionally. But most of the time, writers use that offensive player of the year award to award somebody other than – to spread it around a little bit and to award somebody other than the best quarterback. Yeah. So right now, everybody pretty much feels MVP is going to be Rodgers or, or, or Brady. Yeah. And um, Now, they already voted for that? They vote for before the playoffs. Okay, so. If it had been after the playoffs, yeah. I think Tom has a better chance. But given the, the voting for the AP – um, AP quarterbacks. Yeah, Rodgers got like 34 votes, and, and Brady got like 16. Yeah, that's generally a pretty good pretty sign good sign of who they're going to pick. Sure. So um, Sam does the same thing here. He gives the MVP to Tom Brady, but gives the Offensive Player of the Year award to Tristan Wirfs, which oh. was one of your selections. Yeah. So that's a good choice. It is. Defensive Player of the Year, Levante David. Yes, he missed quite a few games, but there's an obvious difference when David is playing and no when question. he isn't. I like X that. X Factor of the Year, Mike oh. Edwards. That's pretty cool. That's a good one. That is that, a good that's one. a very good one. He did allow us to do some different things. Like, yeah, uh, I believe in the Philly game, we didn't have Sean Murphy bunting. Was that the Philly game? Yeah. A- and um, Edwards played safety, and Antoine Winfield played in the slot. So yeah, I, and then of course he's he's the ball hawk, yeah. right? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's Velcro a good choice. Man. Play of the year. Okay, now here's a good choice. We were trying to think of. This is a really good pick. All right. Because we were trying to think of a defensive play that made a big difference. All right. Antoine Winfield's interception in, in Indianapolis. Remember? Oh. That's a great right. choice. That is very good. I think good. that's better than mine. It was the same game. I yeah. chose the strip sack for right. the game by Shaq. No, that is excellent. It was such a great play, and he was he was giving up like eight inches yeah. to that guy, and he jumped over him. It comes around. Him, yes. Like, towards his body. Oh. And it was a big, because if they score there, I mean, it was really it yeah. was another big momentum shifter. It, yeah, good choice, Sam. I like that one. Really good. Wow. Thanks again for another great year. You both are the best. Thank you, Sam. Thank Nashville. You. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. I definitely agree with the others that there 
that have said there should be some Salty Dogs merch. <laughs> it's growing, Jeff. We're going to have to do this. And buy five shirts and we'll sell yeah. them to these guys. <laughs> We're going to have to do it. I'll work it out. We could make 2 or $3 of profit, yeah, Jeff. Just, it'd be awesome. You, if you pay the postage, we're good to well, go. Well, we need to get one of the designers to, or unless we want sure. to use the logo that we use with yeah. the microphone. Yeah. Skull thing. Sure. All right. Um, last one. We have to finish off. Yes. We can't finish the season we without cannot. another uh, input, without some input from our friend in Brazil, Alexander. Yep. yep. Ahoy, salty dogs. Giselle's coming home. <laughs> Hope this finds you both well. As for our Bucks Salty Dogs season awards, I'd like to vote for Jamel Dean on the defensive side as he really improved from last season. I did not know he was going to say this when I said the same thing. Okay, that's good. And proved to be a guy who can adapt once he played with others, six other corners during the season. Nice. I On offense, I'd like to vote for Leonard Fournette as he provided a constant threat on the ground and through the air. Fine. Sounds <clears> like a butt. No. And no, he, he, I, get, okay. I think he's just saying that's his pick. And last but not least... Mr. Irrelevant as special teams player Grant Stewart. I, I like that one. He he really did. Play he flew well. around. He did. He did. And he looked like he really he really enjoyed it. Like this is a guy that knows his job is to play special teams and is fine with that. And he's really excited about being here. So yes, that's a good choice. And thank you guys again for this wonderful salty dog season. You guys rock. Thank you. Thank our readers you. Are being, our listeners are being awfully nice to me. Yeah. Well. P.S. Can I get salty myself? The first and of course you can. Sure. The first and for now only Bucks game my family and I attended was the final game of the 2019 season against the Falcons. I have lots of good memories from that day. Shaq Barrett breaking Saps record, a Bucks quarterback throwing for 5,000 yards in a season, record of points and TDs in a season, and so much more. <coughs> Since broken. But one thing I remember is that we lost in overtime because our kicker missed three field goals in regulation. <laughs> and as an apology... I really expected Matt Gay, who was that kicker, uh-huh. to miss at least two more field goals <laughs> Last Sunday, you know, I was like, you owe it to us. Missed that kick. He missed one. He, he did, did miss he one. He did miss one. But he didn't miss the one that mattered at the end. No, he did not. And that hurt. So Alexander's a little salty because... No, I am too. Because he did, he his, the game he got to see was a little bit ruined by yeah. Matt Gay missing three field goals. But Matt Gay really had a phenomenal year, though. Pro Bowl. Sure. So yeah. it's it's understandable why the Buccaneers did what they did yep. at the beginning of the 2020 season. You know... They had drafted Matt, Main, Matt Gay in the fifth round in 2019, gave him the job. He was pretty big legs, that's for sure. He was pretty good, but slumped a little bit at the end of the year. And then in training camp in 2020, with the Bucks having Super Bowl dreams, mm-hmm. he just wasn't doing great in training camp. No, and they and they decided they weren't going to leave it to a... They uh, said, we've done all uh, this, yeah. including bringing in Tom Brady. We've done all this. We're not going to let an inconsistent kicker... We want someone who's seasoned. Bring it down. Yeah. Now, Matt Gay could have gone on and had a great year. Sure. But they were concerned. And they felt like they needed to do something, not just sit on their hands and, mm-hmm. and bury their heads and hope it worked out. And it shows that Matt Gay is a good kicker and then because, Ryan he, Suck- got, because Ryan Suck- he got picked up yeah. right away. No, it, it, it was a little bit. It, it yeah. wasn't right away. It was later in the season. But Ryan Suckup, and it worked because Ryan Suckup came yeah. in and was fantastic in the Super Bowl season. Didn't miss a kick in the playoffs that year. In fact, the one he missed this past week, past game, was the first postseason kick he's ever missed. Wow. Right, uh, field goal. Sure. Um. So it worked. It worked. It was a completely understandable movement. That said, you drafted this guy, Matt Gay, because you thought he was good and was going to be a long-term solution. And it, proves, it turns out that he is good and is probably a long-term solution for the Rams. Yeah. He's not on the Pro Bowl. It's just a shame it didn't work out. Yeah. I think the Bucks made the right choices. Sure. It just didn't. It, you got a Super now Bowl. Now you'd yeah. like to say we have you, that guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's it. That's it. Yep. You got nothing left for the rest I, of this. I, you are it. totally worn out. Well, travel safe to Vegas. Have fun. Thank you. I've little, never been before. I think I mentioned that before. Yep. Little blackjack for you. You'll be in good we'll shape. We'll see. All right. I am allowed to do that, right? I can't bet on sports. You're I not can, allowed can, to bet on sports. I can go to a casino and play blackjack, right? Yes. But Which I've never done. You're right. You're, but you cannot go into a sports book I know place. that. Okay. I say, can I go play blackjack? Yeah. Okay. You can play. But, you know. I've never been in Vegas. Best way to do it is take X amount of dollars that you're just going to blow. Do you know who you're talking to? You think I would not do it that way? <laughs> I do not like gambling my money. I like a you work too hard for your I money. I like a poker game with friends yeah. where everybody throws in 20, yeah. and then whoever wins gets that money. Yeah. So the worst you're going to be out is 20, and right. you get like three or four hours of entertainment. Sure. And you might win $200. Well, 20 is not going to take you very far in Vegas. <laughs> but, Especially but, if you I know, sit down on the 20. Well, leg. here's what you need to do. You need to, you know, there's the Vegas Strip, which is very nice. And, and the hotel all, we are in is close. Yeah. It's apparently right off so the So what you want to do, though, is you want to go to Old Vegas, where which is old downtown Vegas, and it's really very cool. And that's different than the Strip? It is, because it's it's more, it's it's like Vegas was many, many years ago. It's a little older. Um, and you, why is this yeah, an advantage? Well, because you might find a penny slot, and for penny your $20, slot. you could ah, be there slot. and have a really good time. Slot machines are boring. <laughs> I've never been tempted by a slot machine. All right. What are the denominations that you can play with at a, jack, at a blackjack table? Where do you want to go? You probably. Um, I mean, is it like most, every hand is five dollars or something? No, no. Well, if you can find a five dollar table, I'd be amazed. Usually, uh, usually it's like ten, fifteen dollars. So every single hand you play costs ten dollars. Yeah. yeah. If you're, I at, can see that's that. A you can lose a lot of money really quickly. Yeah. There's a little card on the table that'll tell you what the minimum yeah, is. Yeah. Think of that. And so, um, and then, and then you know, you can go. You play with chips, though, I imagine, right? You do. Okay. You do. You throw your 20 down, and they'll give you two chips, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he sit down at the blackjack table, yeah. you stand up five and minutes he later, says, and you're done. It, it's not even five minutes. They <laughs> deal very, very quickly. But it's fun. It's a good time, and if you do it the right way, and, you know. I was told by somebody that the dealers. Very helpful. That they're not, they don't care if you win. They're fine with you winning. Yeah. They don't lose any money personally. No, no. Well, they want you to win because. Because then when, you tip, right? Yeah, when you win, you know. You, you tip. You, yeah, I mean, I've been at a blackjack table, and when they've changed the dealer and I've lost that next hand. You get up and go. I'm gone. <laughs> you know, you just brought me bad luck. And, and, I, and I always ask, that, when are you coming back? You know, because <laughs> there is a reason to all of this. Hey, we want to say thanks to Beef O'Brady's all season long for sponsoring the Salty Dogs. We truly appreciate it. And when you tuned into this podcast, you get a couple of classics, and you're going to do the same when you go to Beef O'Brady's. You're going to get wings, nachos, Angus burgers, beer. Put them all together, and that's right. It's Beef O'Brady's. Hungry for tailgating greatness. Got a couple more games. Got the Pro Bowl, the Senior Bowl, and Super Bowl coming up. So try beefs. Go full on catering. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets tailgating time. For one last time, since you did, thanks for listening.